past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Well, good afternoon if you're tuning in live and welcome to The Career Confidant. If you are downloading the podcast, thank you for doing that. I am your host, Marie Zemanath, and I'm so happy that you've joined us today. Again, my guess is that if you're tuning into this show, you are trying to make a career change or maybe thinking ahead about how to advance your career, and that's exactly why we're here. In today's market, one of the things that's happening is you as an individual professional are being put in charge of managing your own career direction. There's no longer a company taking you under their wing, giving you all this professional development and helping you build a path. Even at large companies, they are telling people, we'll help you, but it's your job to develop that plan. And so I am here to help all the rest of you who don't have that great resource to develop your plan, and really to build your skills so that you can stay ahead of the curve and move towards your career goals on your own. And what I know is that that takes some skill sets that we're not used to using as a typical employee in America. And so each week, I invite in special guests and go through very practical ideas, very practical steps of how you can manage your own career. So if you're looking for the opportunity today to ask questions, and we will have a guest coming on later, very exciting, Uh, recruiter Amanda Erickson will be joining us later, and if you'd like to ask her or I a question, feel free to call in live at 866-472-5790, again that's 866-472-5790. Or email me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com with any questions. And what we're going to be doing today and why I've invited Amanda to join us at the end of the show today is we're going to be talking about interviewing. And interviewing strikes fear into the hearts of even the most seasoned professionals. It's you on a stage Even if it's just one-to-one, we feel like it's all or nothing. We have all of these pieces that we've got to put together to make this work. And so we're really thinking about how are we going to impress these people, right? And so we're going to talk today about how we can prepare for the interview so that we have some confidence walking in the door. And we're going to talk about how we can do that without hopefully being so overwhelmed that's one of people's top things that i hear is there's just so many questions they could ask there's so many things i should prepare to answer and by the time we've worked ourselves up into this frenzy of trying to prepare for every specific question they could ask we can't remember anything and we walk into the interview they ask us that first question and we're deer in the headlights so today my hope is to help you not 
have the deer in the headlights look the next time that you go into an interview. And Amanda is going to come on at the end of the show and provide a recruiter's perspective, talk about some of the top things that we need to look out for when we're going into an interview, and hopefully answer your questions if you have any that you would want to ask a recruiter about interviewing. Today, let's get started by talking about where, where do we start when we go to prepare for an interview. If you Google interview questions or you go to some sites that walk you through interview preparation, you'll find hundreds of possible questions that they could ask you. But before we do that, before we jump in and get all worried about those things, let's stop and think about what makes sense for them to ask you. What makes sense for them to ask you? Now, part of this is built into the job description, right? What is it that they're going to be looking for? Well, most likely, the first piece are skills that are related to that job description. So as you were developing your resume, hopefully you went through and determined the skill sets the job was looking for so that you could speak to those in your resume. If you didn't do that and you happened to luck into an interview anyways, good for you. And now it's time to go to that job description and really look at what skill sets are they looking for. What is it that they might ask me about? I had a client recently who was looking at a position in customer service and kind of marketing or promotion of a program for a municipality. And when we look at the job description for that position, we can come up with skill sets that they're looking for, right? They're looking for someone who can do marketing or outreach. They're looking for someone who can do program development, right? Create educational programs, create the structure that will support a program. And they were looking for someone who could do customer service, handle interactions with the public, And those are pretty common sense things we would expect from that type of position. And in looking at the job description, we can even see deeper what skill sets are they really looking for. Well, guess what? When we really sat down and figured out what skill sets they might be looking for, that makes the long list of questions boil down pretty quickly to questions that are related to those skill sets. That's the first step is to really think about what they might be looking for and what might I need to answer. Then you've got a list of frequently asked questions. And we don't want to overdo it here. We just want to think about what are the stereotypical previously asked questions. And you can find these again on most interview websites, interview preparation websites, but I want to talk through a few of the ones that I see as the most commonly asked in the interview. And the first one that almost everyone will ask when you walk into that interview is tell me about yourself and why you're interested in this position. Now sometimes they will just ask, so tell me about yourself. And I would encourage you to 
to also answer why you are interested in this position. That's a great frequently asked question that a lot of people stumble with because they haven't thought through how they're going to introduce themselves. Now, if you've been going through some of the branding work that we've been talking about the last few weeks and preparing to network, this is a a natural addition to that work where tell me about yourself is really an introduction to you professionally why what about your background is related to the position and if there's any other professional and or slightly personal things you might want to include let's think about that a little bit so i don't necessarily want you starting with i grew up in right that not necessarily relevant to the position that you're applying to my guess is So it may be part of your background, your education, your experience that's relevant to their background. And then there may be some interest type things that you want to add in. If you're applying to Trek bikes, maybe you want to talk about your biking interest, probably briefly. And after you've talked a little bit about your relevant background, that may be more why you're interested in the position. So you're really looking at this brand that you've developed, what you think your strengths are, and then very much tailoring it to that job that you're interviewing for. What do they need to know about you? What what kind of introduction do you want to give them about yourself? Now, I would recommend that you work on this answer because the question will come in some form or another at some time, or maybe even just when you're sitting around at lunch, if you get a lunch interview, the opportunity will come for you to introduce yourself. And this is a sound bite, right? We've talked a little bit about elevator pitch, and this is one time where that elevator pitch can work because it's being asked for. I would recommend that your answer to tell me about yourself is a minute to a minute and a half. If you're going faster than that, you're probably not taking the opportunity to really introduce yourself. If you're going longer than that, you're probably losing people around the room, not connecting with them very well. So think about, tell me about yourself and why you're interested in this position. Tie your strengths to their needs in about 60 to 90 seconds. Practice that, practice that, practice that. Be ready to share that. Be ready to adjust that. We're much better at adjusting when we've practiced. And really think about how you want to give those introductions to yourself in a very clear, concise, and confident way and being practiced will help bring the confidence. So that's the number one question that I find most people struggle with. Another question that you know you'll be asked is what are your strengths? Now we probably have thought about this a little bit. One of the things that I would challenge you to do is to add to your list. Most people will list, well, I'm competent and I've got this education and I've made these sales Add to that list 
with one or two stories, right? If you're going to say you're a great communicator, tell me about a time that communication has made a difference because everybody who walks into a customer service type position will say that they're a great communicator. The example will help you stand out and help it not be a kind of hollow list of things that you're spewing out. So tell me about your strengths and give me an example, maybe two. And you've got a minute and a half to two minutes when you're answering those types of questions. Now, tell me about your weaknesses. Oh, the dreaded question of weaknesses. When people ask, when HR people ask for weaknesses, what they're really looking for is your ability to take negative criticism, whatever they want to call it, right, constructive criticism, and do something with it. So they want to know about a time that you've received feedback and done something with it. Now, examples like I'm a perfectionist or one of my favorite from one of my recruiter friends was a gentleman who said, I'm always the first at my desk. And, you know, some of my coworkers don't like that I'm always in before they are. That is not a weakness, right? They're looking for something that you worked on. They're looking to know that you can take feedback and do something with it. So I've had great ones about organization, right? You might think if someone said, I used to be disorganized, that it would be a bad answer. But if we really look at the story, I had a client once who said, I used to be disorganized. And I realized it wasn't working for the company. People would come in and my desk was the first one that they saw. And so I went around the company and got ideas from all of my colleagues who had organization systems. I got ideas from them and developed my own system from those ideas. Now I have a system to organize incoming pieces to my desk and requests, and my desk is always clean and I always know where everything is. So you wouldn't classify this person as disorganized. They've gone through, they've figured out how to make it work for them, they realized it wasn't working, it's most important, and they've fixed it. So pick a, something that you've worked on, some kind of negative feedback you've gotten in the past, and how have you made it better? When you come back, we're going to talk about a few more frequently asked questions, and then we're going to dive into the wonderful world of behavioral interviewing. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. 
Are you looking for innovative ideas on how to achieve your financial dreams? Tune in to Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday afternoon at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Join certified financial planners Ken Smith and Ethan Broga to learn how you can obtain financial success. You'll be entertained while you discover techniques to alleviate your financial concerns. Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back this evening to The Career Confidant, and we are talking about interviewing. In our first segment, we went through kind of the basics of how to frame your interview preparation to really think about what skills will they be looking for and sit down and and brainstorm those skills, look at the job description, really think about those or maybe even have the opportunity to ask people in the company anything you can do to figure out what are they really looking for. And then we talked about some of the frequently asked questions that we want to prepare for Tell me about yourself and strengths and weaknesses. Those are some of the most commonly asked questions. They may come in different forms. On the recruiter LinkedIn group that I'm a member of, their favorite question right now is, what are you an expert in? Well, what are you an expert in is the same way thing of asking what are your strengths only it makes you pick one, and you want to give them an example. If you've already prepared to speak to your strengths, and you have an example or two, that question won't throw you off. It's just the same thing. The weaknesses question that I've heard differently is, what's your least favorite quality of yourself? Ooh, that's a hard one, but if we've gone through and thought about our weaknesses and have two examples, I would recommend that we have two, one of those might fit as a quality. Shy, but now I've learned how to public speak. Whatever it might be that we could adjust that weakness story to fit that that question. It's asking the same things. Can you take feedback? Can you recognize that you need to grow in an area and do that? Then, You have the wonderful world of behavioral questions. These behavioral questions are really the ones that require you to have thought through the skill sets that they might ask about. Because there are a lot of behavioral questions out there that they can ask. And you might be saying, well, what's a behavioral question? Behavioral question is, tell me about a time when. And what the interviewer is doing is trying to get a glimpse of your past performance to predict your future performance. It's all the new rage, probably for the last five years, but it's kind of trickling through the HR world, to ask you to tell me about a time that you've done the specific thing that I'm thinking you'll do in this job, 
so that I can judge your approach based on reality instead of asking you, what would you do if? What would you do if allows for a lot of flexibility. It allows for us as interviewees to make things up. They figured this out, and so they've started asking, tell me about a time when. And, of course, you could still make something up. It's probably not going to serve you very well. So, if we prepare, we can have some of those stories ready. We can go through a long list of behavioral questions. Tell me about a time when you motivated or influenced somebody to do something. Tell me about a time that you had to learn new skills. Tell me about a time you had to sell an idea internally. Tell me about a time that you made a mistake. Tell me about a time that you were recognized. Tell me about a time you initiated a change, right? You could find all the different questions in the world. And really, you want to think about what skill sets are they looking for. So what behavioral questions might they ask? I recommend that we come up with four to six positive stories. Tell me about a time that you did something that fits with the job, right? Tell me about a time you used your customer service skills. If you're in sales, tell me about a time that you closed a big sale. Whatever it might be that are those positives you think they're looking for. And then probably two to three negative questions. HR people like to ask these negative questions to see how you handle adversity and because they give them a glimpse of how you handle challenge. And we all know we're going to face challenge in our positions in the future and we face challenge in the past. So thinking about a time when you disagreed with your previous supervisor, thinking about a time when you dealt with a difficult customer, Thinking about a time when you missed a deadline or made a mistake. And we want to come up with some good examples where we can really talk about this is what we did and this is what we learned. So in the positive stories, we can spend some time on, let's say we're going to do star stories, right? You've heard all the acronyms, but let's talk about star or car stories. So situation or task or challenge might be the introduction to your story. What was the situation? What was the challenge? What did you have to do? Why were you doing it? You want to spend some time there, but not too much. If we get too many details into the situation, we lose people. Then we move into the actions. What did you do to solve the challenge, to write the situation, to accomplish the task? What were your actions? Now you'll recognize here that I'm emphasizing your. This interview is not a group interview in the, in the sense that I'm interviewing your team that you worked at before. I'm interviewing you. I want to know what you did Then you can talk about the team involvement. You can talk about leadership or team membership. Really, I want to know what you did and have you speak to your own skill sets. If you overdo it with the team talk, people will wonder if you can work by yourself. So you don't want to do that. You want to have a balance and mostly stick to what were your actions. 
then you get into the results. What came about? So if you developed a system and you went through and, and rolled it out across the company, did it result in ex- increased productivity, in fewer mistakes, in more automation? What is the result to the internal company, to the team, to the customer? How did it impact all of those players? So you've gone through and you've talked about the situation or task or challenge, the action, and the results. Now you can see that coming up with those stories on the spot is probably going to be a challenge. You'll probably say things you don't want to say. You'll maybe forget the result. Happens a lot. You're talking without knowing what you're saying. So when you think about preparing, it's not that you're going to get to tell those exact same stories, although hopefully you'll be able to use them. It's really getting yourself in the mindset of putting the story together, creating that nice, neat answer sandwich, so that when you get into the interview, even if they ask you a question you didn't prepare for, you have a few stories to pull from, and you've practiced putting the stories together that way, which will make it easier even on the spot. Now for the negative questions, you want to spend more time on the result possibly than the situation or task. We don't want to get too wrapped up into the negative part of that, what was going wrong. And we make sure that we don't do any blame. I say no drama, right? We don't want any drama in our interview question answers. I want them to be Factual, I want you to take blame where you deserve blame if that works, or at the very least, not blame anyone else. This is just the facts, this is what happened, and this is what I learned from it, this is what I would do differently next time, this is how I've made that different. The negative questions can trip you up, so work on those Work on answering, coming up with times you've, you've had difficulties with coworkers, with bosses, with customers, when you've missed th- made mistakes. People like to ask these negative questions, and if you're not ready, it will be hard to come up with an example. Or you'll come up with an example that maybe look, makes you look worse than you wanted to look. And if we think about it and come up with an example where we handled it well or we learned something, that can be very strong for us. So thinking about those negative questions and putting together an answer for those is going to be very important. So you've got your four to six positive stories, and then you've got your two to three negative answers, and you've written those down. I would recommend that you write them, then you practice them, and I would recommend calling yourself, leaving yourself a message, Listen to it later. Give yourself a break and then listen to it. And how is it coming across to you? Is it too fast? Is it too slow? Is it the right message? Are you making sure that you're not talking negatively about anyone else? Those will help you listen to yourself, critique your answers. And again, even if you aren't asked those specific questions, you have stories you can use You've had thinking through the ideas, 
and we don't really want to try to answer every single question they could ask us, we won't be able to remember that many stories. So come up with a good set of them, practice them, listen, and then really be confident that you can mold those answers, pick out different nuances of stories to answer those questions. And if you've thought through which skills they're looking for and which questions they might ask, my guess is you'll be pretty close on to having the right stories prepared. So now we've thought about strengths, weaknesses, frequently, other frequently asked questions, tell me about yourself, and we've started to build a story database that we can use as we move forward in our interviewing and possibly even in our resume. If you go back and listen to that resume session, we talk a little bit about how you can use these stories in your resume if you're not doing that. The last thing might be to think about what don't you want them to ask? Because if you really don't want them to ask something, my guess is that they will if we're not prepared. Do you not want them to ask about a gap? Or if you've ever been fired? Or maybe who was your worst boss? Or tell me about a boss you didn't get along with. Prepare for those questions. Think about how you can be truthful and tell the facts while still promoting yourself and and saying what you can about yourself in the best light while being factual. Sometimes that's a bit of a challenge, but if we've thought ahead about those things, we can make it happen. So what don't you want them to ask? And let's come up with good answers for those. Those answers you might want to share with any friends or family that you have who've been in a hiring position before. And we take their, take their feedback with a little bit of a grain of salt, but it can help us bounce those ideas off of other people. So we, when you come back after this break, we're going to have Amanda on the line, Amanda Erickson. She's a recruiter for a technology company, and she'll tell you a little bit more about that. And then we're really going to get into her feedback on interviewing and some of the top things she thinks you can work on to be better at interviewing at your next interview. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. 
We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Well, good evening and welcome back to The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff, and today we've been talking about networking. So we went through some of the frequently asked questions. We talked a little bit about behavioral interviewing, and now I'm excited to welcome to the show Amanda Erickson, and she's the Director of Talent Acquisition at the Spitfire Group in the Denver, Colorado area. And she's been a recruiter for about 12 years and done a lot of different types of recruiting. So she's talked with a lot of diverse candidates. And today she's going to be telling us some of the top things she thinks that you should think about when you're networking or networking, interviewing. So Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Marie. I appreciate being invited. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about some of the maybe top mistakes you see people making or hear people making? I know you do a lot of telephone interviews. What are some of the top mistakes that you encounter? Well, I do. I do. I'm in the IT space, and so oftentimes I'm doing a lot of interviewing over the phone. And so phone etiquette is a little different than when you're doing something in person. And in my company, we do a little bit of both. But I initially start with our phone interviews and our initial pre-screen. And what I notice most of the time when people are first interviewing with me is that I can tell they're very nervous, that uh, they feel like this is, is, is something that's scary. And oftentimes that comes across as being unprepared for the meeting. And so I always try to, to tell people, first and foremost, it's important to think of it more as a conversation or a meeting, not an interview. There's something scary about that word interview. And when you're meeting with somebody or having a conversation with someone, it makes it a little more easy to to be authentic, to represent yourself in the best way possible. And that's really what is most important about an interview. This is a company you're going to be giving a lot of time to and who's also going to be investing a lot of time into you. It's important to feel that that's going to be a good relationship. And the best way to start that out is to be as authentic as possible. I like that. Well, in the conversation piece, so in the career world, there's some literature that says the best interview is more 50-50, where it's a conversation, you're asking questions and answering questions, and not necessarily this one-sided interrogation that often we get nervous about, right? Oh, that's absolutely true. And I always tell people, I say, remember, you're interviewing the company as much as they're interviewing you. And so it's, it's... 
there are some things that need to happen then in order to not be nervous. And part of that is, and I was listening a little bit into what you were talking about, about the things we're afraid to talk about or, or address. And I think that that comes into the preparation part of an interview, is that if you feel that you're prepared, then you feel very comfortable and confident in answering authentically. And so for what I try to tell people, they say, when I also meet with people, I know very quickly if they haven't done that preparation piece. (laughs) I know right away if they haven't looked at my website, if they haven't checked out um, or researched the job description and kind of what they would be doing with that. I can always tell immediately the people who come in who have looked at the website, who have looked at the job description in detail and who can come and authentically represent what they can do with me and what their limitations may be as well. And yeah, and I think people get afraid. Yeah, people get afraid of preparing because they don't want to sound like robots. But what you're saying, I find to be very true. That if you're prepared, you can actually be more in the moment because you're not worried about what you're going to say. You've already practiced what you're going to say. That's exactly true. Which comes into to one of the other points that I think um, really comes into play with interviews, especially when they're nervous or, or again not being authentic to who they are. And that comes in with telling people or the interviewer what you think they want to hear. <laughs> I run into this so often where where people aren't presenting their, their best foot forward because they want to seem really interested or um, really engaged in what I'm, I'm saying when they really may not care. And what I tell people is, especially with interviewers who do this all day long, every day, this is part of their job, is that that is very obvious. (laughs) And so I always try to tell people that the most important thing is to, when you're doing your research, when you're working through things, is to pull out things that are of interest to you. Uh, I had somebody the other day who I was interviewing who is fantastic, great, great person that um, I hope we continue in the interview process with. And part of our, our communication was he had looked for our website, he'd watched our YouTube videos, he had done all of these things, and he made a comment um, that was actually negative to our blog and saying that we weren't as up-to-date as we should be on our blog. And I appreciated that comment because it was authentic. It came from him. He was being um, very transparent with me and also showed me that he was really paying attention because he's right. <laughs> That's an area yeah. that we do need to work on as, a, as, a, as an organization. So those are things that I really feel when I'm working with someone, I believe that that person is demonstrating integrity to me in his interview. I believe that would also come through as he was an employee of our organization moving forward. Yeah, he's going to call you on your stuff even when he works there. Exactly. And (laughs) when you mentioned the behavioral interviewing, that's so common today that part of what we're working for in in my organization is we actually recruit for certain attributes. And one of those attributes is courage. And we do need to have somebody who's going to be in the room amongst a a highly skilled and opinionated group (laughs) and be able to say, I think we need to look at a different direction and feel comfortable doing that. So that's something that we do look for when we're when we're interviewing people. Awesome. Well, and one of the things that I and we talked about at the very beginning, kind of that tell me about yourself and why you're interested in the position. And I've had some people say in the past, well, you know, I'm not really that interested in the position. I just need a job. And I'll say, well, then you probably shouldn't go to that interview because, like you said, it's pretty obvious when you 
when you're not interested. And really, I find it to be a waste of both people's time. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, I understand um, where where that person was coming from. I understand that there comes a point where feeling productive and needing to have something to do is really, really important. And, and I can I can appreciate that that standpoint. But I will say that it's not just that hour or however long you would be um, spending time with that interviewer and, and, and engaging and talking about things. It it goes beyond that. What if you really get that job? <laughs> yeah. And what if well, now you're really into something that you really don't like doing? And now you're wasting a lot more time than just that hour of, of interview time. So I always yeah. try to encourage people. It's important. If it's not something you're interested in, you really shouldn't. I'm with Marie. You should not pursue that, that opportunity. Well, and like you said, find points of interest. And if you can't find those points of interest, then it may be something you think about withdrawing your name from. I, I agree with that 100%, especially because... There, there are just so many things that, that are developing and coming and, and, and being out there in the recruiting world is just exciting to see that I just feel like you really should take the time to be, uh, authenticity is just key and important to me when I'm interviewing with people because it's, it's just going to make it for a better relationship long term for you with any employer that you're with if you truly want to be there. It, it yeah. makes all the difference. Yeah, I equate it to dating sometimes, which throws people off. But the truth is that even when you go on a first date, you know, you don't let all the skeletons out of the closet. But if you're not authentic, that's not going to work either. Absolutely. Absolutely. If they if they take you to, you know, if you, if you can't stand fish <laughs> and they take you to um, a bonefish or a red lobster, you're going to be in trouble. It's one of those things that you're exactly right. You don't have to let all of the skeletons out of the closet, but you should be true to who you are on the most basic level. Yeah. Well, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about those those skeletons. So when we think about um, that preparation, what do you consider to be most important in preparation for the interview? That's a great question. So I think first and foremost, there, there are two things. Well, I have three. I have three big things that I always think really make the difference. At the end of the interview, if you walk away feeling like that was amazing, I feel I represented myself. I feel like I got the question answered that I needed to have answered. And you don't walk away feeling like, man, I wish I'd said that. <laughs> then you probably did a good job. And, and that's what you really need to, to look at because it's still um, an interview. You're still interviewing with the person. So you can never be certain of what direction it's going to go. You just can be certain of how you handle yourself in it. And so what I always tell people is this, at first, make sure you do your research. You just don't want to ever have to ask a question that can be responded with. You could have found that on my website. <laughs> yeah. That's the worst thing. <laughs> So make sure you at least look at the website. Do a little background checking on, on the company that you're interested in spending some time with. 
um, LinkedIn. I mean, you can you can almost go overboard on all of the research at this point with so many tools out there now and available. But I would do at least the basics. Make sure you check out the website, look at testimonials, look at some of the case studies, look at just the pieces of information that the company feels important for you to have as a consumer, a potential client, a candidate. This is what they're putting out about themselves. And that's yeah, that's important. interesting. You're the second recruiter I've heard say that exact thing, that if you ask a question that's answered on the website, you're probably in trouble. <laughs> you probably are. And there's a lot of material on there, but um, for the most part, you know, some of the, most things I find are, are tend to be a little repetitive, you know, because they have a brand, they have a promise, they have something they're sticking to. So um, it's important to really try to dig beyond what that is. And again, back to the authenticity, make sure you do it with the, the, right, the right thought process in mind. What are you really interested in? You know, make sure that you're being true to what you want to know. Yeah. And um, that goes into the second thing that I really care about is, is really knowing yourself. And I, I think that when you're asking yourself, what is it that matters to me? I usually see that there's five different areas that most people really think about when they're looking at either leaving a position or um, looking at their next position. And this is outside of the interview. Again, this is kind of that preparation part. And and those five things for, for oh, me. Oh, I'm going to, I think we'll go into those five things when we come back. We're coming up on oh. a break here. But Very I like good. what you're saying really is know the employer. Yeah. and know them in a way that is true to what you want to know, and then know yourself and what you need out of the interview. And we'll go into maybe that those five areas more specifically right after we get back from our break. And so Amanda's on the line. If you are interested in asking her a question, you'll get the phone number during their commercial break and you can also email me marie at our at a strategic advantage.com marie at a strategic advantage.com if you've got a specific question for amanda who's been recruiting for 12 years so it's a great opportunity for you to listen in and get your questions answered by Amanda. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. We're going to go ahead and take a break. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. 
you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you are tuned into the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. All right. Well, welcome back to The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff, and we are talking to Amanda Erickson, recruiter for the Spitfire Group, and she's sharing her keys to interviewing. And we talked a little bit about kind of having that end in mind. What do you want to walk away with and how, how are you going to feel about how you handled yourself? And then we talked about the research not asking a question that's answered on the website, and really digging into the company in a way that's authentic to us. And then Amanda was about to share her five areas of know yourself. So we've researched the company, and now what is it that we really need to know about ourselves before we go in? So Amanda, I'm on the edge of my chair. What are the five areas? Thanks, Marie. Well, I, you know, part of it was in my own career development, my own career search, trying to think about what were the things that were most important to me. And I came up with five. There might be more than five, but this is what I came up with. And so the first one is, is salary. And, and that just kind of comes with the territory. You know, you are working a job. You are getting paid to be there. So salary does have a factor in when you're looking at, at changing in positions or, or moving into a different career or looking at an employment opportunity. And the second would be benefits. So it's not just the health and dental, but also PTO, 401k, a lot of different things that are coming up with um, change in benefits that are happening now. Those are things that are also in, something to be considered when you're looking at a new employment opportunity. The third I look at is culture and environment. And that's things like flexible work environment. It, can you work remotely? Um, what is the brand and the workplace model or the dynamics that exist there? Maybe that's something that's really important to you. And the fourth would be the career development. Maybe you're early on in your career and you want to move forward and you can see that there's a distinctive path and how you need to get there. So you need to be with a company that's going to get you to where you need to be. Um, if it's not a company that has a structure in place that's going to make you a CTO someday, then that's probably not a good stepping stone for you in your career to try and go into a company that doesn't offer that kind of placement. And the fifth for me is, is location. It does matter where you're at, what you're doing. And for certain, um, for certain companies, there is, is very limited positions available in certain areas. Um, if you're oil and gas, for example, there might be some 
uh, great opportunities for you in, in certain areas of the country and not in others. So those are things that you definitely need to consider. And so for me, when I'm looking at it, I always think that there are those five things, you usually weight them. You know, I can use a little less salary here if, if the benefit package is really good here. You know, we kind of barter with ourselves on what's the most important thing. Uh, and so I would try to challenge people to do when they're looking at their, their job search or they're trying to look at their next careers to say, where what's most important? If I were to weight these things, what is most important to me so that I know I'm not going to give up on that? I'm not going to to look at something different than this area because this is what's key and this is what I need and this is where I need to be. Because if you know those things, then you know you're not going to barter with yourself on those areas. And that's really key when I'm talking with people is that I need to know what do they need from me because if I can't give that to them, then it's not a good, it's not a good relationship for us to continue for either person. And that's really how I think, um, for me, I came into the position that I came into, was really knowing those five things. And then the yeah. last thing would be just ask your questions. Make sure you go in with 10, 15 good questions and be prepared to ask those questions because you need to know these things. Are, is this company going to give you what you need from them as well as you be able to deliver for them what they need from you? Yeah, I love it. Well, and I think we're afraid. As interviewees, we are afraid to have those hard lines. We need a job or we're really interested in that company. And so we're not so ready to give up those lines. And in some ways, that might work. And in other ways, if we don't know those limits and know what we're really looking for, we come across as um, not... I don't, not appealing, and I don't mean to be mean, but it's that kind right. of when you're on a date and the other person is desperate, they, they're just not that appealing. And so I right. love what you're saying about know what you want, know what you're looking for, and then, of course, you can negotiate those things based on the job and the pluses that might weigh out the minuses. But if you don't know what you want when you go in, you're really a pliable piece of clay that, that's not very attractive. Exactly, exactly. And when I talk with candidates, oftentimes, you know, one of the first things I'll hear is money isn't the most important thing to me. And I will say then, then what is? <laughs> if that isn't, there's something then that is taking that place, which is fine. Absolutely. You know, if your hierarchy, the salary is number five out of all of those things, what's number one? And then let's make sure that we know that we're going to get to that spot together. Am I going to give you what you need in that area? And are you going to give me uh, what I need in return to make that happen? Those are the things that I like to work on to make sure that it's a win-win scenario at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, and those five that you mentioned, it's funny. I was looking at my little interview preparation worksheet and the categories you covered, categories cover the things that I consider kind of those negotiation goals, right? What would you want in salary, vacation, culture, or in work, maybe work environment? What do you want yeah. in terms of professional development or career development? And I find that people don't think about some of those things, and then you get in a position that won't lead you where you want to go or doesn't offer any benefits to keep you moving, and then you're stuck, Oh, absolutely. I love that. I'm thrilled that, you, that you're in line with that as well because, um, again, you know, this is just me kind of personally looking at what, what mattered to me and what was important. But I'm so in agreement with that in just the sense that, um, 
you know, there are, there are opportunities out there that really engage what you're interested in. And if you know what that is, then if you spend all of your time and energy focusing on those kinds of opportunities, you're putting your efforts and energy into the right area. At least that's what I think. And, and that's what, what I think will then turn around into a great opportunity for you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the Spitfire group or, or about yourself, how people can get in touch with you. Is there any positions that you're looking for right now? Sure. So Spitfire group is a professional services firm. Uh, we do custom software integration development. Uh, that's really the bread and butter of our organization. And our model, our brand is um, we consider ourselves the special forces of our industry <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's very, very likened to the special forces model. Um, we really hire people who have at least 10 years of experience or more in uh, software development. And we really make sure that then they are trained and have the right materials and the right tools and technology that they need in order to be the best of the best. Um, that's our brand. That's our model. And that's who we really look for is more of that that mature um, software developer who's looking for challenging and interesting projects and to work with a team that's kind of in that same space. Um, we work with both open source and .NET development teams, so I am interested in talking with um, high-level developers in those areas. And the best way to get a hold of me would be probably my email, and that is a Erickson, E-R-I-C-S-O-N, at spitfiregroup.com. And they can also check out our website at bitfiregroup.com. Okay. So A. Erickson, and that's with a C-S-O-N, A. Erickson at the Spitfire Group? Nope, just Spitfire Group. Just Spitfire Group. And then your website, spitfiregroup.com. That's correct. Perfect. Well, Amanda, you know, it's such a treat to have you on here and for the listeners to get to hear from your perspective what you're looking for I think sometimes when us as career professionals give them that advice it maybe doesn't carry as much weight so I really enjoy having you on here and having you give your feedback and information to the listeners listeners if you are looking for more you can find a weekly get career smart tip at getcareersmart.com and if you're going this sounds great but I would love somebody to help me through this you can get a hold of me at astrategicadvantage.com so the letter A strategicadvantage.com and happy to help you provide more resources answer questions if I can and if you are a .NET or open source developer and looking for an opportunity in the Denver area feel free to contact Amer. Amanda at A. Erickson at SpitfireGroup.com. So, as you're going to think about your interview preparation, remember that preparation equals authentic confidence, not necessarily robotic answers that you might think. So, it's okay to prepare, you still be authentic, and it's a conversation 50 50. Hopefully, that will help lessen your anxiety help you be more confident and authentic in your next interview. We'll see you again here next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. 
Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. We'll be right back. 